0: Hello, guys, and welcome to our latest MSC Performance podcast. Uh, this week, very excited to be uh, joined by Mr. Luke Rogers, first time since week one, I think. Uh, how you doing, mate?
1: First time me and you, yeah, absolutely. I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, very well, very well. Yeah, good. Excited to. Uh, Hair's
1: has got better since we've last spoke.
0: My hair, it's yeah. uh, mate, it's not been cut since February, so uh, there's a reason I'm wearing the hat. I'm fully aware. I don't pull pull hats off, but uh, it's it, it's better than what's underneath. But again, I'm, get, I'm going for the, uh, the the Brad Pitt uh, in Troy look. Huh. Going for, going for Have that. you uh, have you, have you
1: booked a haircut for for when they open?
0: I haven't. I haven't. Which no? is a bit of a rookie uh, rookie mistake, I think. But what I was thinking anyway is, I think it's going to be so busy for that first couple of weeks anyway. Yeah. I'm quite happy, to be honest, like, I'm quite enjoying growing it a little bit. Um, so it's going through that... Also, phase. Through fathers phase. are
1: going to be really bad at cutting hair at the start, so you've got to give them like a, a week to get back into cutting hairs, make some mistakes and then get up to cutting yeah. yours. Yeah, a
0: couple, of loosen- a couple of looseners and then uh, we, we can go. But yeah, I'm quite yeah. like, it's going through that um, sort of phase at the moment where it's uh, grow- growing out, but it's not looking too good. So I'm quite happy to leave yeah. it another month or two, to be honest, and see what happens. But I'm thinking like, yeah sort of
1: mid mid to end july i'll get booked in so uh, yeah we'll see it's, it's a better as you was having haircuts at the start of msc
0: yeah <laughs> I, what i do what i do is i always get it cut a little bit too short and then mm. we'll grow it out for a couple of weeks and that's when it peaks about week two week three yeah. um yeah and then uh, always get myself too too busy uh to uh, To get back in the barbers, but um, I did promise you, like you know, earlier this year, didn't I? That I'd make a better, better yeah. effort because you you were Conscious quite concerned. You were quite concerned.
1: Yeah, because you looked quite bad. Well, it, it's it was it's that it's that in between stage when you, you you know you should be having a haircut, but now it's so long that it looks like this is your hair. When it was like that middle like in between stage, it doesn't look good. But you've committed, and now it looks good. John, the opposite. I've had two haircuts from lockdown. Uh, both really badly done, um, and I'm really excited. I'm booked in for the, the the second day that they can open, so I'm really, really? excited. I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah, the day the day I'm back from Cornwall, I get a, a skin fade. That's exciting. I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah. It's pretty game, exciting.
1: Yeah, the game the
0: game the game changed with haircuts. I think like for for guys, isn't it? Like it's too like it's so important now. Like yeah.
1: what I we were I've growing every up. Two weeks. Good, I've had one every. Good, i had one every week. but he looked good.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable that it's, you know, incredible commitment to the cause, but um, Mm -hmm. no, I I need to find a middle ground. Definitely. So (laughs) definitely too far the other way, but um, yeah, yeah, anyway, so, um, in regards to, uh, today's, today's podcast guys, um, apart from, uh, obviously haircuts, we're going to, uh, be talking a little bit about what's going on at uh, MSC, uh, what we've been up to, um, recently and during the, during the lockdown and, um, we'll go into a little bit uh just talking about uh, the, the future of the gym industry and what we you know what we think uh we, you know which direction we think the the industry's going. Um then a big uh big part of what we're gonna talk about today is gonna be uh how the industry's changed and how how you know perhaps we've changed within that as well. You know, Luke and I have been coaching, you know, for over well, I guess over ten years now. Um and uh, quite a lot of things have sort of come in and out of uh, of fashion uh, during during that time in the in the coaching game. So we're gonna have a little bit of fun and sort of talk about you know things that we were doing there's, before that aren't so. You know, there's maybe,
1: definite trends that have co- that have come trends. and gone, but there's definitely things that have that have changed, and there's pendulums have swung, and it's quite interesting to talk about what has changed within at least five years of MSC been opening, and, and how we've changed their kind of protocols and how we've developed as coaches and how we've kind of streamlined kind of what we do as well so i think it's quite exciting and and quite cool to to talk about that
0: absolutely absolutely.
1: so yeah we've uh yeah since the since the lockdown uh
0: started obviously you know the first uh first month or two it was about you know trying to trying to get a good online product uh going which i think we've uh, we've done for our members it's kept them strong uh, we've supported them with a lot of evidence as the importance of even you know just maintaining strength by doing bod- you know even body weight work at home, uh, some conditioning work as well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I know the members are chomping chomping at the bit uh, to get back. So in terms in terms of more recently, uh, we've been uh, we've been pretty busy in the last uh, I'd say you know in the last few weeks to a month haven't we mate? In terms of uh, getting the place sorted and yeah.
1: ready to get back it's really it's really cool because like the the first couple of months i mean it's the same with like I, I had a house that i didn't go in and even though you're not there it just looks dirty and aged and old just from no one being in there like dust just collects etc so no one was yeah. in msc for the first month or two and it just started to look dirty and yeah. start to look aged and then just having this deep clean and getting everything looking immaculate the place looks so so good and just like the energy within the in the gym now even though there's no one there it just feels so good to be involved and so good to be in there. Well, before like you come in to collect something or to have a catch up, and it, you'd want to get out as quickly as you can. Like now, it just looks like it's had a facelift, and I'm really excited to to get back into to training there. It looks great, doesn't it? I mean, it
0: is it's amazing how yeah, a deep clean and a lick of paint, you know, can can sort of change the atmosphere yeah. a little bit and make you make you buzzing to to get back. I think uh you know the the lockdown. I mean, we you know we we would' rather not have had it obviously we'd you know we'd rather have you know kept uh you know a, a full uh, operational capacity but um you know we're as always you know we're trying to put a positive uh positive spin on it um and it's been i think a good chance for us individually as as coaches and as as people um to just step back a little bit take a breather. you know still working hard but taking a little bit of workload yeah. off um, and and just having a chance to sit back and look at the overall picture, get a bit of a bird's eye view of what's going on. Um, and, you know, also a chance to, to, to get in there and, and, and do these things that we've, we've done the last few weeks um, in terms of, you know, the deep clean, the paint jobs, um, you know, fixing structural issues uh, within the building and, and things like that. And I think, you know, that's really hard to do when you're open seven days a week. You know, 6am till 9pm. Um, Yeah, Monday to Friday, obviously, you know, uh, a bit shorter hours on the weekend, but open seven days a week. And it's, you know, th- this has at least enabled us to, you know, sort a few things out, get all the equipment off the gym floor, you know, give it a, give it a good deep clean. And I think it's been, it's been, you know it's been great and it's, it's really buzzing it feels like we're kind of opening again like for the first by yeah. you know, like the first time it's that kind of excitement again isn't it like you know we're buzzing for members to to get in there and see see the sort of new look
1: yeah it like you said like having work non-stop and having all these jobs that you normally have to do in place like these little jobs take onto the back burner because the the place is still functional if the paint's got a couple of cracks in it and if the walls are a sure. little bit dirty it's, it, it's now functional but now it looks as appealing as it did on, on day one so it looks brand new it looks really really good and like I said when we when we do get the green lights open which hopefully will be in the next couple of weeks uh yeah hopefully uh, everyone will appreciate how much better it looks and I'm really excited for people to get in and train I think it's interesting as well talking about like um, like I said everyone's chomping to get back into the gym and um, just the effect of like the home sessions that we've done like I know the monotonous and I know like the amount of training that you have to do it can get boring because it is very similar patterns you're limited to loading um but like a couple of clients recently now that you can get into someone else's house like you can coincide a couple of people have had their first session in someone's gym um and their strength levels are like they're not as good as they were before but like they were squatting 75 percent of their max and these are like trained guys that have been to like national levels for uh, powerlifting juniors Um, And they're straight in at 75%, for like good sets of five or six. So even though it's not the training we wanted to do, and we spoke about a while of trying to to maintain your strength and maintain your fitness as best as you can and not really being the time to to press on, like people's strength levels are still pretty good if they're getting back into the gym. So I think as long as people have used this time to to do some sort of training and to get some kind of stimulus, I think they'll be surprised when they get back in, like how quick they're going to get back to, to good levels. So I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised if they've managed to keep up some sort of training. Um, which is
0: cool. do, you think, do you think? Do you think for a lot of a lot of guys, it might even be a, a blessing in disguise long term, in terms of long term development.
1: I think in terms of every, everyone that's continued to do like consistent training, I think it's going to be a massive blessing, just in terms of like building robustness, reducing little niggles. Uh, I think it's going to be massive for that, and also just appreciating the general training and the general like. The general strength training, the the carryover that can have, even if not directly to like what you're trying to train towards, just like how that can influence your training by reducing injuries, by reducing niggles, how that can have a positive effect in the future. So I think it's going to be huge. I've had a couple of people that have like been programmed home sessions, and then i have got gym equipment halfway through. We spoke about it on the last podcast about like phasing in the barbell training. They're not going black and white from just doing like yeah. dumbbell goblet squats to doing all barbell work, and they're hitting some really good numbers and really good productive blocks straight off the bat. Um so I don't feel the need to put as much like direct specific work in and there's definitely a place especially now there's nothing coming up competition wise or no seasons coming up at the minute for team sports have just this really general training Um and I think it's going to be massive for people I think people are going to be really pleasantly surprised like by the end of like a four-week block how, uh, how quickly they're back to decent strength levels I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised
0: it's really interesting I think like with you know, obviously, we, you know, you and I as coaches have have, have known the research before anyway, and and seen it. But uh, in terms of being able to maintain, uh, you know, a high level of strength uh, just through body weight work, isometrics, things like that. But it's been really, really cool to see that see that in action. Um,
1: because even though, even though you've got all these all the research on it, like you're never going to get a chance like this ever. Well, hopefully, never again. Uh, yeah. to have like three months of like no gym work it's just never going to happen again so it's really interesting to know that like if this does happen you can do things to maintain it and it's not obviously ideal and it's not what people want to do but it doesn't mean like starting again from scratch it's going to take you years to build back up to where you were yeah. um, it takes a long time to decay in terms of strength and hypertrophy um, and doing this kind of training this little bit of stimulus that you're doing is enough to to, to maintain the majority of it and mm. yeah people are, people are going to be surprised
0: Another when we're talking about powerlifting and Olympic lifting as well, um, you know, obviously the, the skill comes into it, skill acquisition of the of the actual uh, technical model of the of the lifts. Uh, it's really interesting. to speak to uh, Sonia the other day, who's you know been running our our metcons uh, during the lockdown, and you know she's been limited in terms of equipment, um, but you know is, is back on a bit of barbell training now, and like has said, uh, like her Olympic lifts, are pretty much bang on where they were before which i find fascinating because like you know we 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 know that olympic lifting is a highly skilled uh, movement and it'd be interesting to see you know if it's to say with powerlifting as well obviously there's you know there's skill to these movements and the way that it's gonna be different for everybody every you know she's very technically uh, proficient but just to be able to like pick up the bar and you know, she's worked back to that, like, those percentages quite, quite quickly. I find it's really fascinating in terms of the skill. I
1: aspect. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Like, I, I, no, thought I, with didn't. Powerlifting I didn't. I didn't potentially, expect that. Yeah, potentially with powerlifting, you think if you've maintained your strength, if you've done some kind of squat pattern, some kind of hinge pattern, then potentially when you get back into it, you're not going to be deadlifting 90% week one, but, like, you could be doing, like, 75%, 80%, and it wouldn't be a massive surprise. But with Olympic lifting, I thought, like, um, I don't know how long she had up, but, like, a month or two, of not, so like two months of not doing weightlifting and then all of a sudden tries and does a snatch like I'm really surprised that it's come up quite quick I'm, I know she's I'm been doing surprised. kettlebell work but it's, it's just not the same pattern no at all.
0: no no it's not um, yeah I, I was I was very surprised but again it, it, it's quite interesting I think like as a um, sort of diverging into Olympic lifting specifically here, but obviously I had a number of years where I was training a lot of Olympic lifters and you'd be petrified as a as a coach, to go away from, you know the yeah. the lifts, you know from the snatch, yeah. from the clean and jerk, you'd be petrified to have, you know, a, a week off, off of the the, the main lifts, yeah. Um, because of losing. skill well, you see, you see, acquisition you can and, see that
1: in the uh, in the, in the taper protocols for Olympic lifting, where they're taking like two days out, they're taking like heavy singles still on the clean and jerk and snatch right up for that yeah. reason, yeah.
0: Yeah, right up to yeah, two two three days before calm. It's really interesting. That you know, obviously, that's, we're, we're talking about one, you know, one subject here. Uh, the other guys who do Olympic lifting have in, in my program, I have got access to, to bars and stuff. But um, so it's, it's only one person. But I think, yeah, it's it's, it's quite interesting. Maybe you know, because there's a lot of Olympic lifters that could, you know, I think do with a bit of time off the lift sometimes, and just going through like, you know, uh, you know, you would program in a GPP phase anyway, but you'd you'd still kind of keep. A couple of days a, a week, you'd keep some seventy percent, eighty percent work in there on the on the on the lifts. Um, would, this, you, would,
1: you, would you still do that now if it, with with an implicit well, like a GPP phase? Would would you still keep a clean and jerking and snatching? I probably know, still I would, but I don't know if there's the. That's
0: the thing, isn't it? I think like you know you you. I think you'd certainly be brave enough now to, you know, maybe just do some lighter, you know, hip snatch work or you know, hangs yeah, a couple yeah. of a couple of combos, you know, fifty percent. Hit you know hit some complexes just for you know a bit, bit of fun and keep some movement patterns. But I think you, you I mean that's that's proof that it's possible. You know it's possible to have a month, two months, you know, off uh, the the main main lifts in you know in an off season. And you know the next like end of the next calendar year on the uh, you know when, when we when we get to there with a lifter, I might you know I might, I'd be very tempted just to have a month off the off the lifts to be honest, freshen up a little bit. And, go again but it's good it's good to see that you know in in action like i said we can look at all the research in the world but
1: you know you want to see it in action and that's that's kind of proof that it's it's possible i think especially like when you're looking at like these restorative phases where like let's say you've had like a really tough competition period where you've had like two or three comps in like a couple of months just that restoration period for like a month of no olympic lifting and just give yourself a chance to get away from these repetitive patterns could be massive so I definitely think in terms of restorative blocks. And then like you said, even even further away, like GPP work, and um, there's definitely sculptures to add in more general strength work and then coming away from those Olympic lifts could be could be interesting.
0: Would you would it alter the way you do things as well in that restoration period, like as a, a you know, from a powerlifting perspective?
1: I think one thing that I've in, so in the past like people that have like come away from like seasons and then they've got like repetitive injuries, like they've got like a little bit of like like knee issues or shoulder issues i still always keep in like one squat um but i don't, I don't think i would anymore like if, mm. it, if it was like the low bar squat or the competition style squat that was aggravating the knee um i use i usually try and bring it down to like tolerable loading so even if it was like 50 60 percent just to keep in some kind of skill i don't know if i would i think like the phase could be better used like finding patterns that are pain free coming away from the competition lifts building some general strength and then realizing that skill isn't quite as, like, significant. It's not nowhere near as important as the Olympic lift. And, like, is it really, is, does it really decay as people have in the past maybe said? Like, if you don't do a low bar squat for a month, but you do a safety bar squat or you do a high bar or belt squat, does it really decay that much? Like I said, but the guy that I coached at home, he didn't do any barbell training for, like, 10 weeks. And then he came back in and did 75% for five reps at, like, a very low RPE, and it looked good. And all he'd done was split squat ISO holds, goblet squats, tempo work, like with a 35 kilo dumbbell. So like, is there the need? I'm not sure. I think in terms of like the range of motion and stuff, like it takes time to build back up. But then as long as you've been smart with integrating the competition lift again, um, and giving it a couple of weeks to get back up to some decent momentum, then yeah, I don't really think... Um, that you have to have the competition lifts. You look at like some like big level people. There's Bryce Lewis, he had like a year of competing mm. and he stopped doing the competition lifts for months and then like he come back a year later and like he was so much better on every single lift. Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I think now in the future, especially like a restoration phase, I probably would come away from the comp lifts if they were the things that were aggravating rather than just all movements. I'd probably drop the competition lifts full stop That's rather than previously trying to find a lot, yeah. of, a lot of weight that doesn't cause pain. I think I
0: think that's the thing, isn't it? Like I think we're both, you know, in, in terms of a coaching, we would both, like I said, that restoration period. Like we, you know, we would go very much towards, you know, building in lots of accessories, lots of unilaterals, lots of, you know, different different movements. But we'd we'd keep some, you know, pro- yeah. probably, out fear, probably out of fear, probably out of fear, yeah, yeah. Just keeping like, also
1: because you think you have to, like you think yeah, that yeah. you have
0: to keeping a squat in there, keep you know, or an ollie lift or whatever it, you know. Every, even a rugby player it might be like a trap bar or you know a, yeah. a deadlift or, or a squat. Um, whereas I think this this will probably um, put that sort of fear to rest. I like, can just think, do you know what, that first four weeks, you know, as a, as a as a rugby player, I can do unilateral movements only for a month for six weeks. As a as a powerlifter, you know, you can you can vary the squat pattern. You know, you can can get in the belt squat, you get on the safety bar, you can can not even squat probably for a month and do some isos, do some single leg. As an Olympic lifter, you know, you can do some kettlebell work, you can,
1: you know, do some other bits and pieces. I think especially when you start to look a little bit closer at people that aren't like 100% designed for, for like lift, like if you had to make up someone that's going to be a squatter, it would be short, short legs. But then, if you start to take on people, because anyone can, anyone can do powerlifting, like, you, know, you can powerlift it, you won't be very good, but you, you can powerlift. <laughs> <would> um, but, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but if you, if you low bar squat twice a week, you would be dead within six weeks. Yeah. So, uh, if you, someone like yourself that finds it so hard to do like, the competition lifts, or not you, but like, anyone that's tall, or someone that finds it like, handling a good amount of volume on the competition lifts, find it really uncomfortable. Like even further, when you come further away from there, like absolutely for someone like that, come away from the competition who's full stop Mm. and and choose them variants that allow them to to get some good work in without being too stressful. So like a safety bar. So I think for someone that's designed for squatting or deadlifting, you could probably keep it in all time or small dogs, but then people that aren't probably predispositioned to be really good at squatting and find it uncomfortable to handle a good amount of work or like someone that finds bench, uh, like they've got long arms, find it difficult. There's definitely variants that you could do that would allow them to get work in. Uh, without becoming too stressful, yeah, yeah, and allowing you to recover.
0: No, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that's really, really interesting. I <clears throat> just want to bring it back uh, a little bit here to uh, just going back to uh, to MSC and what's uh, and what's going going on down there. Uh, obviously, we've you know we've been having a, a deep clean and a bit of a look at look at paying the whole the whole squad's been in for uh, a few days, have not we? And uh, the place is pretty un- unrecognizable at the moment, um, so there's not much equipment in there uh, but uh, as uh, for, the, for those who don't know we lent out our our equipment to uh, to our members um, to give them the the best possible chance of keeping strong and keeping fit uh, during the uh, d- during the lockdown that's been really well well received and uh, we're, we're hoping we get it back I'm sure we will but uh we'll be looking to get that back about a week before we open and uh, then we can lay everything out. But, um, you know, I, I just want to touch upon this cause a lot of people have, you know, we get a lot of messages saying, when are you, you know, when are you opening, uh, what plans are in place? Uh, so I think it's good to just touch upon this, uh, yeah. a little bit. So, uh, in terms of, uh, opening, uh, date, we, we don't know. We don't know yet. Uh, we were obviously hoping for some good, good news last week. Um, but, uh, Boris, uh, Boris didn't deliver. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we march, we march on and, and carry on doing the best we can and gives us, you know, again, put a positive spin on it, gives us a bit more time to, uh, to, uh, spruce the place up a little bit. And, um, so we, we don't have a date as soon as we, we do have a date, then, you know, you'll, you know, everyone will probably know at the same time cause it'll be on the news, but we'll obviously make the, uh, make the announcements. Um, we're, we're, we're prepared. We're as prepared as we, we can be um so you know we are still awaiting information as to what you know what is allowed how many you know how many people will be allowed how much you know what's what are the spacings going to be by the time we open um we are prepared we you know we've got a booking system ready uh it's on on standby uh so the chances are you know there's a decent chance we we will have a you know that booking system set up uh just so that we can safely monitor the amount of people that are, are coming into the gym any one time. We're we're very fortunate that we've got a large facility. Um, you know, with seven thousand square foot. So it's it's gonna be very comfortable, uh, very easy for us to uh to get people in there lifting safely and effectively. Um, you know, we we've got plans to put specific stations in and tape out uh, certain areas if it's if it's required. Uh so we're ready to go with that. Um We've got cleaning stations, uh, which will be all over the gym, uh, where people will be asked to sanitize the kit before uh, and after uh, use. And we're, we're really well prepared. We're really well prepared. Um, and, you know, what, whatever the exact rules are and everything like that, then, uh, you know, we're going we're, we're to be ready to go. We're, as I say, we're lucky we've got the, the infrastructure to, to be able to cope with it.
1: Like Mark says, it's we haven't got one plan at the minute because we don't know what the road is going to be. But we've got multiple plans in place, depending on what the guidelines are from the government, um, because we don't know. Nobody knows. So we have multiple plans, depending on what they say, is what you're saying, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, in the in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll keep scrubbing the place. And you know, it's uh... we
1: have bought a, uh, a Gucci uh, floor cleaner though, which is pretty cool, and the uh, t- the steam cleaner. So the place... I- I <laughs> going to <be> very
0: clean. <laughs> I'll tell you what you, the cost of it, mate. You'd think it was Gucci. You'd think it was made by Gucci. It's uh, a tasty, uh, tasty, tasty bit, bit, bit of kit, but uh, it might might end up being the best uh, best three grand we've ever ever spent. Um, but uh, it's it's a steam cleaner, so we've gone we've gone for the, the you know in terms of cleanliness. Now you know we, we'd like to think that's something you know we always do our best with, but you know obviously now this is going to be more important than, than ever. Um, and rightly so people are going to, you know, expect very high standards of, of cleanliness and we're really eager to prove how, you know, how clean and how safe a, a gym can be. Um, so we've done a lot of research we've, you know, we've seen that, uh, steam is, is the, is the best and most effective way to, to clean. Uh, so the, this particular machine gets up to uh, uh, a. I'll, I'll tell you what, mate. You're, you're laughing. I know more about I know more about cleaning products now than I do. Uh, mate, S- I've never S&C, heard mate. like this. S&C, yeah. Um, so uh, tell me this, more about steam. This, so the steam. This week's podcast, we're going to talk about steam. Um, so uh, this machine gets up to uh, the steam gets up to 170 degrees. Um, so it's uh, that's hot, which is hot, and so it. it, it yeah, I'm getting carried away here, but I won't get too, I not get into too much depth. But it basically kill kills anything um, in its uh, in its sight, including uh, including corona. So uh, it's very exciting. We've also got a handheld steamer on the way as well, uh, which we're going to use for equipment, change rooms, uh, toilets, everything like that. So uh, it's going to be
1: mega mega clean. In terms of purchases for the gym that cost three thousand pounds, how excited are you for this one compared to like the elite car plates and? Mate, forget, squat.
0: forget the elite, forget the elite coach, mate. This is uh, this is it now. Um, I've been in there too, mate. It's done. The floor's done, but I was in there for two hours yesterday, just giving an extra coat, just to uh, just to make sure. Keep it's, asking you
1: to come and play basketball, fun. and you just That's fanny around landed the, the machine instead for fun. That's it's true. clean now; It doesn't need doing anymore. I've got my jerseys no now in. as
0: well. I need to we need to get we need to get some more basketball on the go. Got the got the jerseys; they've arrived. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mega clean. No, no one's in there, obviously, because we closed. But it's it's very clean. But uh, no, it's it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Like all of a sudden, you're sort of thinking silly, silly amount of money. But um, all of a sudden, that is the you know is the most important thing now. Um, and uh, we're hoping to get some more kit soon as well. But uh, yeah, it's going to be. We're we're very excited. We're very excited. Plans are in place, as yeah. I say. You know, it, it might be a case of change rooms closed off for the first month or two. Um, asking people to, you know, to, to go through it. We've, we've got pages and pages of, uh, you know, of, of uh, notes and, and rules and regulations ready to go. I say, you know, as soon as we get a go-ahead, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll release those and just want to make sure it's a nice, uh, nice, safe environment for people. But that's, mm-hmm. that's it. We've been, You know, we've been busy. It feels like, um, it, it feels like we're back up to, you know, if, uh, I say it was nice to have, we've been working very hard during the lockdown, but, you know, realistically, has been, you know, twenty, thirty, maybe forty percent less, you know, work and stress than than normal. It has been a nice chance to chill out, but it feels like it's getting back up towards
1: yeah,
0: you know, eight eighteen. Definitely 90, yeah, 80, nicer, hours as well. nicer, nicer hours though. Nicer
1: hours than my, yeah. my three close downs. So. I, can't, I can't get and up. And your early. six AM starts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm try like I'm trying to gradually just wake up earlier again. But I'm actually fine I'm actually finding it really hard. Um yeah. so for for years it's been, you know, quarter past five half past five starts in terms of waking you know waking up um at, you know for for numerous months five days a week and um you know obviously with you know Sonia in it's been a bit less but um all of a sudden that waking up at you know eight o'clock it, it's getting a bit better like I was up you know being up at half seven last few days but slowly trying to get back to uh some uh, some normality so uh Morning classes—you might not see me, you know, for a while when we're when we're open. So, uh, Sonny's done really well. She's been uh, keeping up early, so she's uh, she's an early bird. Um, So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we've what we've been up to. Um, You know, we're looking at revamping, you know, change rooms and entrance area and things like that, and just I say, you know, that doesn't change the the product or the you know or or anything, you know, quality of coaching or anything like that. But hopefully, it does give it that nicer feel and. You know, as, as Luke said, I think just even giving it a bit of a paint job is you know change the feel of the place so um, I think yeah, that covers pretty much that off. I think uh, what we're going to uh, talk a, about a little bit is uh, what's what's changed in the industry um, since we, since we started and what you know what trends have you know come and gone, and what have you changed your mind about and,
1: all those kind of things. Hmm. I think it's really interesting because with this, like, it's just the pendulum effect again. Like, it always seems to swing one way or the other, um, and yeah, you know, things then come back into the middle. It's normally a happy medium that, that wins. All things just go completely out of fashion. But there has been a lot that's it, within the five years of working at MSC. There's been a lot that's changed within like strength and condition and, and strength training in particular. Um, but yeah, do you want to kick one off and then I'll follow?
0: Yeah, I'd put, yeah, I'd probably start with actually the like the, the you know the industry itself. You know, in terms of gyms, it's you know gyms themselves. I think that's changed changed a lot. Certainly since uh, since I started um, uh, coaching, you know, sort of uh, about twelve years ago. Um, I think the the game the game's changing a little bit. I think people are rightly expecting and and demanding more uh, as a in terms of getting a getting a service, so well we you know when we started off back in the back in the day at you know good old Valentines, you know it was you, you'd have health clubs and, and that was pretty much you know the area that dominated the market. Um, you know it, you'd, you'd go in, you'd pay your you know your forty you know anywhere between thirty and sixty pounds a month. You'd go in, you'd get you know you get a gym, loads of cardio kit. You might get a pool, you might get a sauna, steam room, that sort of stuff uh you know you'd you might get an induction when you go in but apart from that you'd be pretty much on your own high turnover of staff etc., uh, etc. cetera et cetera um you'd you'd have the odd you know bodybuilding gym that you know were was was specifically for your your hardcore competitive bodybuilders as well. Um, but that was pretty much that was pretty pretty much it. And uh I think the the, the games changed quite a lot. You you then sort of started to see you know obviously the emergence of your your budget chain gyms, your pure gyms, easy gyms, gym group, um, which uh, to be honest, in, in my opinion, probably provide better gyms than actual health clubs do. Yeah, um, and it's you know at least half the price if not if not cheaper so you know that that whole sort of 10 pounds you know they seem to be more expensive now but started off about 10 pound now probably about 20 pounds a month but again you know no 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 thrills no sauna steam room swim pool and i think that was a really good market because a lot a lot of people sort of realized you know i mean when we were Valentine's, you know what percentage of people actually use the pool you know you know it'd be be a percent or two or you know less than five percent probably um so uh, those budget change gyms came along and sort of changed the game a little bit. And then obviously there's emergence of, of CrossFit and independent gyms. And, and, and you know, with those and, and strength conditioning gyms like ourselves and with those came the emphasis on coaching and quality of coaching. And I think that's, that's, that's been huge. And I think, you know, now, you know, there, there are better coaches out there. There's better services available. <laughs> and I just think that's really, you know, that that's opened up a whole new other avenue where people are like right, well I'm not bothered about the saunas and steam rooms and um, swimming pools and things like that I've tried, you know, the budget chain gyms and I'm not really getting the help I need, I'm, you know, I'm not getting the coaching, I'm not getting the programming and therefore I'm not getting the results and then that's opened up you know, a market for for the likes of us and, you know, for other independent gyms and, and in fairness CrossFit gyms that you know a coaching based and uh um, yeah. service and service based that's a, i think that's a big thing
1: that's that's changed i think it's i remember when we 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 started and you were set up this gym that you thought that it was going to go like it was really going to branch off and be all about like your budget gyms or like your really high end and then those yeah. like middle gyms like your fitness first your banner times would, would die out completely uh, and i think that's probably still going to happen um but i think you've also like you said got the emergence of, of independent gyms um, like one little thing is, it's like if you were going away somewhere and you wanted to train. Oh, I'm going up to know, Sheffield for the weekend. Is there any gym there that I can train at? And like now, like it's ridiculous. There's there's gyms everywhere that are like independent, that are yeah. good quality equipment that you can drop in and do a session. <laughs> like if you're going to Bournemouth, there's options. There was a gym that's popped up. I think it's in like Dorset. There's like it's like you've got so many gyms now that are like good independent yeah. gyms. Where yeah. before, like if you was going away like somewhere in Britain and you needed to get a session in. Uh, it would be difficult to, to, to be able to keep your training up now you spoil for choice. So I think I that's think really so. good that all these small gyms are emerging. And it is because people are like I said demanding like higher end equipment. People are getting more specialized with their training and people are getting into like niche niche areas of training and, and people want the the community and want the environment of people that are like minded and like to train. Commun-
0: community is a massive one and um and, and results as well, mate. Yeah, I think uh you know, probably a lot of people are fed up of paying the twenty pound, or the forty pound, fifty pound, sixty pounds a month. You know, getting, you know, getting very little, little help, no guidance. Yeah. You know, the sort of banging their head against a brick wall. Not really, you know, not really, uh, you know, consistent enough or creative enough with their training to, to continue to, you know, create stress and stimulus and, and therefore, an adaptation. I think, you know, like you say, the emergence of uh, gyms like ourselves you know with a with a service focus and a coaching focus and a community you know coaching community that's that's what it's all about and i think people like to you know like to be part of a a, a community something outside of work some something outside of the flatmates a club you know a like, feeling club. i've always had that through i've always had that through rugby so i've always taken yeah. that for, for granted a little bit um but to see that in action down the gym is really quite, you know, quite special, really. The friendships it, that have been it, built.
1: It blows my mind. And I think it's definitely changed when people are, like, don't want to pay like 40, 50 pounds to get like an independent gym that is like well run, like good equipment, because they want to save 20 pounds, which for a lot of people isn't that much money anymore. Um, but like, how much enjoyment you get out of going to do, even if you don't want like the good kit and even if you don't want, like to push and you just want to like normally train you're just recreation you're doing some training like not paying the 20 pounds to get to an environment that's nice and like with better not better people but with good people in there that, that rack the weights away and it's clean it's friendly compared to like the the budget gyms which can be like nightmares for like putting equipment away for for space like I think it's changing where people now are willing to pay a little bit more, but like it's not actually that much more money from a budget gym it's to like a good independent gym and mm. just get so much more enjoyment out of it for like the extra 20 to 30 pounds, which over we want like seven pound a week extra to like actually enjoy your time in the gym. But like the amount of people that would finish work and then dread the thought of going to easy gym because yeah. they know it's going to be a fucking nightmare. They know it's going to be four, and they know they're going to be looking around for a fucking pair of dumbbells because it could be anywhere. Like yeah. for an extra seven pound a week, you can avoid that. The thing I think is- people realise that now.
0: Huh, mate, it's mind-boggling really isn't it it's perception like you say like you know on average i might be an extra seven pounds a week six seven pounds a week yeah it blows your mind doesn't it yeah and that's the you know enjoyment is is about enjoyment um and you know you know as well as me if you're not enjoying something you know, yeah, it's training you, make, or anything else. you make you, excuses. You make excuses, and you don't. You don't go. You know, if you look at, and I
1: mean, I know, and I, I mean, you love the gym, but like, if 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 I didn't love the gym, but I knew I had to train, or I knew it was great for me to go three times a week, and the thought of going to like a budget gym and like hunting for dumbbells, it would just. That's horrible. Yeah. It, it, it would be a no-brainer to pay the extra little bit of money to get to a better gym where the dumbbells are in order and everything's put away, and people are friendly, and you might yeah. make some friendships. And, yeah. yeah, and that's not that's,
0: that, that's not that's not even going into the coaching. You know, that's and the, just the program if you want to train
1: exactly coaches. the same, but in a nicer place. These, yeah. these
0: are these are the basics. These are the absolute yeah. basics of like, like you're saying like uh, enjoyable atmosphere, a nice atmosphere, welcoming atmosphere, community. Um, like weights being racked away think you know like the the absolute like for for us and non-negotiables like that's an absolute given isn't it and and yeah it's mind-boggling that you know people are willing to be you know to save 10 20 pound a month like you know willing to be unhappy to yeah to do that it's interesting um what, what about yourself mate what like what trends have you seen
1: Coming so I've, I've got a couple, not so, not so much if it's a trend, but I think this is actually something that, that, that's into place now. And I think it's just the, the evolution of training. Um, and I think we we did it at the start a lot. Like we, uh, we, we gave a lot of mobility work um, and a lot of like movement prep work. And I think what we would call movement prep work has definitely changed now. And I think a good example of that is like at the start when people were doing MSC, uh, we used the FMS, the functional movement screen. Um, and it, we use it as an indicator of injury. And then since then, there's been multiple studies that have come out that have said that the FMS is not a good predictor of injury. Um, but then also, I remember, and it's, it's, it's just the evolution of, of, of knowledge and the evolution of, of what we know about the body. But, like, if someone would fail the, the overhead squat and we say, right, you need to add some extra ankle mobility work, and then we would get them doing ankle rocks. And there's nothing directly wrong with that, but I think it's just the dosages of what have changed. Before, we could have easily gave someone 10, 15 minutes of mobility work and like, I think now we know that it's like a very short term change, but what makes a long term change in range of motion is like loaded full range of motion strength exercises under load. Um, so it was a good post the other day by Quinn Hennock saying that if you want to improve your ankle mobility, like the best exercise you can do is calf raises, like yeah. full range, dorsi, panicle flexion, load, up dorsi. Flexion. load yeah. it up and take it to the end range of motion. And I think at the start we would have gave people a lot of mobility. Now, I think what's changed these, we still give people mobility drills, but they're very directed. It's very get these done within one or two more minutes. Get yourself feeling a little bit better. So, like, we still use foam rolling. We still use soft tissue work because it can acutely increase like your range of motion. We use right. some like mobility drills, but then we get them under load. So, I use a lot of like positional isometric works before training. Like we use a lot of like low level. Um, like internal rotation drills, we're going to be lots of external rotation drills. Um, and I think it's evolving to that now rather than people doing like the limb 11, which I used to give everyone at the start as like yeah. a base and then let it progress from there. So yeah. I think we've coming away now from giving lots of mobility drills to so being really directed with it. And we understand that the best thing for changing range of motion is like long term uh, strength training, to taking things to the end range. So I think that's a big one.
0: I think that's massive. Yeah. I think like, you know, you sort of talk about 10, 15 minutes. I mean, I think I've seen both of us probably with a client doing half an hour before you know you got an hour session doing half an hour of mobility drills because they're a mess you know and then uh, you know quickly trying to get you know a few 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 sets of squatting in at at the end of the session Um, and um, you know mobility is important you know we're not uh, you know we're not we're not denying that but it's the it's the way in which you do it you know I I went through a phase of you know training myself where you know a couple of times a week, or a few times a week, I'd come in and do like an hour of, you know, mobility before I'd get in into the session. And you know, now it's very much like quicker, quicker warm up to the point. You know, a bit more um, uh, purpose built towards what I'm doing in the, you know, in the, in, the, in the session. Uh, like you say, adding adding isometrics and adding load, you know, loaded um, mobility work if you like, and and getting on with it. <laughs> And I thought, you know, I probably feel more, more mobile than I have in, in years rather yeah, than yeah. lying on a foam roller for an hour, you know. And yeah. again, foam rolling is good, an- ankle rocks are good, you know, all these kind of things, but it's context, isn't it? And it's, yeah, you know.
1: Um, you used to, I remember you used to take the piss because like we'd have like a, a, a session where be like five or six of us that we training and it was literally like a coffee morning. Everyone would bring a coffee in and we'd spend like 20, 30 minutes on the mats, like foam rolling and yeah. then at some point you just it could like could be in the
0: middle of winter it could be in the middle of winter and like you are just be lying on and you're the, not
1: getting warm from the foam rollers
0: yeah. you know but like, well, I think
1: now like this yeah there's still a place to do like you said the foam roller but like because it can acutely increase range of motion and yeah. just like if you feel better even if nothing but it just makes you feel better then great so I feel better doing it so I still do it but like the dosage of it now is just so much smaller I can get it done within 2-3 minutes And then I'm straight into some like positional isometrics. Like, I'm really enjoying like split squat iso holds. If my quads are feeling sore, I'll push my knee forward and come into the ball of my toe, hold that position for 30 seconds. And then I get under a bar and I I feel great. So I think like the amount of mobility that we've uh, given out has definitely changed. Like, the FMS is like an injury predictor. I think now we know that like it's not a lack of range of motion. Like, you see people that do yoga and like ridiculously flexible Mm. uh, are still getting injured. And I think Mm -hmm. it's more about like your capacity within the given range of motion. I
0: think it's, I think it's that. And I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's having enough strength to be able to absorb the forces that your, your body go, your body goes through and the ranges that your body goes through. Um, So for, you know, for example, okay, let's say, um, you know, I'll use a rugby example for obvious reasons. So, you know, if you've got a rugby player doing the FMS, we're trying an overhead squat, and we're getting into like you know just below quarter squat position, which you know ninety percent of ninety nine percent of rugby players probably would be. Uh, that you know uh, be that poor range. Um, you know, d- does that mean you know right? Okay, we shouldn't you know we shouldn't be doing we shouldn't be touching a weight until we can get into a you know a, a good exactly, deep overhead yeah. squat position. The answer is no because. You know, we want to make that that athlete as strong as possible to be able to absorb the the forces of the game, and that you know we're not just talking about you know the ability to absorb contact. We're talking about the you know ability to absorb um, the forces of sprinting, of of, change of direction, of decelerating, and you know uh, is is you know is that, does that rugby player ever need to get into that How full, full range position? of yeah. full range of of movement, and you know Whereas we look about, look at the demands of the game and the positions we're getting into. Really, it's about being as strong as possible through those ranges and a little bit more, perhaps. You know, in case we do get overstretched into a certain position or, yeah. you know. So I like you said, like go a bit beyond, go a bit beyond. Yeah. But you know, am, am I ever going to be, you know, as supple as a you know Olympic gymnast? No, do I need to be? No. Do I need to be, you know, strong enough to absorb the the the, the forces that I'm gonna get to undertake? And I think, you know, it's um, I think that's the that's the most important thing and
1: I think I think that like you just said, like for a rugby player that can only do a quarter squat, like you're not saying that you're not gonna try and work on that range, but like yes. just getting them to do the strength exercises and taking it to end range, it can increase, like it will increase the, the range of motion three times so and just strength training, but trying to force a little bit of extra range of motion within a yes. safe way and with with, with what yeah. would be like context dependent loading is yeah. what's going to be best for that. So That's eventually the they will improve the range. Yeah. You're not waiting a year of doing mobility yeah. rules or getting them stronger.
0: Yeah, let let's you know let's do a you know a, a, a goblet squat RDL you know combo to warm up, you know just to you know to get through those deeper ranges, uh, and then let's you know let's get a trap bar or a box squat, you know just above court, you know just above uh, parallel, you know, and let's let's load it up and get get strong. Yeah. So let's get strong, you know, through the ranges we need to be, and then let's almost subtly work on the mobility. It will improve if you're, doing you the know, moves, on the, yeah. on, uh, you know, on the, on the side a little bit, and e- even you know, if we're doing the heavier loading, or especially through the heavier loading, it's going to improve anyway.
1: I, I had think, like uh, I'm sure she my mum saying like Elise when I started doing her programming and she's like super flexible, and she's like, "Oh, Luke, I keep getting like little niggles because I'm not that fl- like I need to improve my range of motion here." I'm like bab. Like I can just about hit. I mean, you've seen me warm up. I go and just about hit like a parallel in powerlifting, and like I've I've got very minimal injuries for how hard I train. or you're like super flexible. Like you don't need more range of motion. You need to improve your cast capacity within these ranges of motion. You need to improve the quality of these movements rather than focusing on just building extra range of motion that you don't need for your sport. Some people, like you said, gymnasts, they need like the The range of motion for their sport. Yeah, exactly. Pallisters yeah. and rug players do not need a ridiculous amount of. Thank God we don't, don't need that much <laughs> like, God. range of motion. Yeah, I yeah. as you, as you so think that's a massive strength, one.
0: Strength, strength through the range of movement that you need. You know, ability to brace, ability to control the movement, and, yeah. uh, and uh, ability to, um, you know, show, you know have good motor control and and solid movement patterns through through that range. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: That's a big one.
0: You know, if you if you, like I say, you know, if you're an Olympic lifter and you need to be strong in that bottom bottom position, and we have got a mobility issue down there, we've got, you know, a stiff ankle and you know, we are going into an excessive, you know, pelvic tilt, we're rounding the back or whatever, you know, we're weak in that position, then obviously that's a that's an issue. Um, but is that an issue, like you say, for a, a rugby player a power lifter? And you know, the, the answer is it's it's not. Um, I, I want to. This is going off piece of, in terms of what we uh, what we have planned. Um, but um, just in terms of in, in terms of the the importance of uh, of strength. Two, two things actually. One one thing that uh, you know that's that's very relatable to the everyday person as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: You know, do we? Yeah, we we know a lot of people sit at the desk all day. They have poor mobility. Um. You know we'd like we'd like to improve that but you know if they are if they are getting niggles and you know things like that it's again because you know they haven't got the strength to you know to to take on the forces they take during the day even if that's not a you know combative sport or yeah. you know our high demanding activities it's everyday life are we, are we strong enough to absorb the the forces and positions we're in in everyday life so yeah, I think that's that's important with the with the strength work, mate. I want to just very quickly diverge here off to going into rugby again, and even you know even, uh, sort of you know, all, all field sports really. And we've talked about a little a you know, little bit there the importance of, of being strong, and I want to touch upon this because I know of a few guys you know in rugby and you know in, in football as well who. Um, you know are are perhaps very quick very explosive but they don't feel the need to to do strength work is there anything you'd expand on there you know in terms, you know just just to emphasize the importance of them being strong to absorb those forces
1: yeah i think there's I'm obviously my massive component strength training that as are you and I'm, sure it's it's diminishing returns at a point, but there's just some in the UK. There's so many people that aren't nowhere near at the capacity of their strength to then start to think about it being diminishing returns. So like, I'm more than strong enough now to to play rugby. And me spending more time on strength rather than developing explosive power or developing other components of of what's needed for rugby would probably be a bad idea. You get a lot of people that are like aspiring to be fast, aspiring to be powerful. That can't, like, I don't know, I like can't squat one and a half to two times the body weight. And they're putting all of these, all this energy into being explosive, into developing their maximal speed, rather than putting any focus onto the strength, which would then, we know, would, would give people uh, more mm. potential to improve their speed and power over time. So I think, like, you don't need to be at a ridiculous strength level, but if you knock up the fundamental strength levels down, if you can't squat double, squat and deadlift double your body weight. It doesn't have to be a deadlift, but you need to be strong enough to to roughly squat two times your body weight. If you can't do that, then I'm not sure how much extra effort you should be putting into trying to develop speed and power, and maybe your focus will be better off uh, developing strength. If you can develop, if you can squat like more than, do you need more than that for the sport? Probably not. Um, I'd still then like, Keep the strength training in, but then then you can start to look at like the speed drills and the power drills. But I think yeah. too many people lack like the strength needed to further develop these in the future. And all you see yeah. online is like really fast people doing these explosive drills. You maybe don't see the strength training that they've done in the past and how strong they actually are. Yeah, um, I think uh, is that kind of what you mean.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's relatable because I see it. You know, I see it a lot. Um, you know, even even playing at you know a, a high level. You know, there's guys who you know perhaps you know wingers are very very quick but you know haven't got the the strength to you know absorb certain forces and therefore you know get injured or um you know perhaps lose lose the battle in contact for for example um and uh it's relatable as well because that was very much me in my you know late teens you know had the you know had had the speed had the aerobic capacity had the you know probably had the skill set but you know just I did not have the strength to absorb, you know, the forces that was undertaking. And that wasn't just in contact. That was, you know, tearing my hamstring a couple of times sprinting, you know, um, yeah. that was, you know, and you'll, you'll see that with top level sprinters as well, tearing a hamstring. It doesn't mean they're weak, but it means they're not not strong enough to absorb the forces yeah. of running hundred meters in, you know, 10 seconds, you know, yeah. um, which is a high, high level of, you know, a force application. And we need, you know, a, you know, high, and muscle contractions at a very high velocity, um, we need to be strong enough to be able to absorb those. So I think, yeah, I think we've it's had
1: we've had team sports come in as well that are like, and the coaches being like obsessed with developing speed and power, which is great. Like you, you want your players to be powerful. If it's like a team sport, I think it's American football in this, uh, in this in this example. Hmm. Um, but like you look at the people that you're training and like they're that the they're that, they're that like low level trained in the gym, they've got absolutely no right to be working on like maximum speed and power. They need to work on some strength training, because that's gonna increase their potential for the speed and power. But like you said, it's gonna help them absorb forces, it's gonna help them stay injury free. They're coming in like they're injured, um, they've got no strength, and it, it's just—it's it, obvious to us that they need to be adding in some extra strength work to build up that durability, that resilience, and how to absorb the force. But they're obsessed with the, the speed and power aspects, which they haven't got the underlying principles of, of, of strength to be able to do those. Um, but it's easy for us to see but 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 people are obsessed about like, the speed and power components but they haven't got like the underlying things that they need to be able to have to do the higher end stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just go just going on the speed, I'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here, but just in terms <laughs> of the speed and like, you know, quick sort of ladder drills and, you know, code drills that you see and like Yeah, it's uh you know, you see on the on the Instagram, you know, going, you know, guys oh, going hundred miles an hour, you know, and it's like <laughs> it's like well done, you've gone from you know, you've gone from A to you know, you've gone really, really fast and covered, you know, half a meter in that six seconds that you've done. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got, yeah, you've got absolutely nowhere really, really quickly. Yeah, and it's like us, you know, so that's uh, you know, Always find that quite, quite amusing. Like you imagine, it gets that the it, likes
1: though. It does get, get the gets likes. The
0: likes. So you imagine that in game situation. And it's like you're watching <laughs> someone go, and you're just standing there, and it's like, right now, I can make that hit and I can tackle. It's like. Yeah. You, You've literally gone really rapidly nowhere. Like you haven't gone anywhere. Like so. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, with uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What 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 else have you seen, mate? That's uh, sort of come, comes in and out.
1: I think the next two big ones for me is the use of uh, machines. So again, I think this is something that swings, and you see it in particularly in like strength training communities where like everyone goes like super super high specificity. So. If you want to improve your squat, just squat. If you want to improve your dead, just deadlift. Just do the lifts. Do them well and just practice the skill over and over again. And then it'll swing the other way and it will be like, actually, lots of machine work because we can get like good loading through it. It's not going to be as like detrimental to people that struggle with the squat. It might be less taxing on the joints. Uh, and it definitely seems to swim one way or the other. I think when we first started, we were maybe not anti-machine, but we were very heavy dominance of like barbell training. And we still obviously are, but now we know that there's a place for, for leg press. We know there's a place to add in some hamstring curls. We know that the use of machines can help improve like your barbell training and they don't have to be one or the other, but they can complement each other. and We can bring them together and get a, a superior plan rather than just doing one or the other.
0: Yeah, again, so that's changed. it comes down to you know, context again, doesn't it? I think you know yeah. the whole sort of saying you know there's no bad exercise it's just you know the application of it and, and the context yeah. of you know of the situation as well and i think that's very much uh the, the case with machine machines as well you know it's yeah like 100 we we've got a massive um habit in this industry of remember john buckland used to say like throwing the baby out of the bath water, like you know sort of going all in with one thing and everything else yeah. is you know, is is the yeah. devil, um, and you know I think probably the whole industry went through that where, you know, there's these trends of you know right okay yeah like you know barbell training is the only thing you should be doing you, know, you should only be you, know, you should only be squat benching deadlifting you should only be you know doing barbell work you shouldn't be doing any machines machines are bad because they don't you know do this they don't do that there's even one gym uh, it's a CrossFit gym actually um, that uh, I used to. Uh, visit and do a few courses at and it's it's a it's a great gym it's it's the you know it's probably the best CrossFit gym i've been to but they, they you know they say on the wall you know we we don't use machines here we we build them
1: build machines yeah we build machines and like
0: yeah it's, it's, <laughs> um, it's a it's a great you know I, d- I doubt they're listening but if they are it's a, it's a that, that place is a great gym but um it's uh you know the emergence of uh popularity of probably powerlifting, of CrossFit, and things like this was, yeah. you know, just got to a position where it's like, right, barbell only, barbell only, you know. And even yeah. even to a stage like dumbbells, you'd sort of be like, oh, you know, what's the point of doing dumbbell work and all that sort of stuff. And again, I think, you know, it's just a, a very much a habit of, of this industry just to go all in, all, all yeah. in with something and forget everything else, you know, and say, throw, out, throw the baby out of the bathwater type of thing.
1: I I often think stuff like this is like if the trends emerge from like the higher level people. So like there might be a guy that's run like this really highly specific squat program, and he's got a ridiculous return on his squat. It's like I've gained twenty kilos on my squat. I squat five times a week. I feel amazing, and then like it hits this wall where he starts to get maybe injured. Um, he starts like diminishing returns from that, and then he switches to a more general program. He's like, oh my god, like I'm using machines. My body feels amazing, and then people just it trickles down, and then people start to follow that imagine that's what happens at the highlands is like people do the programs and then people start to to track that and, and, and then utilize it themselves. Um, and I think just with everything, like the, the extremes, like you just said, is, yeah. is are often wrong. And then there's normally a happy yeah. medium. So we know that like, if you're getting ready, if you want to be excellent at squatting, you should squat. Um, and your dosage should increase and the specificity should increase as you're getting close to, to, to testing out your squat. But like we spoke about earlier, when we're further away from that, like why can't we squat once a week and then use the leg press or use a belt squat um just to get some really good load through there without going through the pattern that might we might find quite taxing and might be detrimental on your session. So why not use the leg press to get some good loading? Why not use the hamstring curl or use another exercise that's posterior dominant to build up the mm. weakness? Um so I think often the the extremes are what's wrong and then somewhere in the middle is normally what's key and what the answer is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's uh yeah, another trend actually I, um, was uh, is um, PAP PAP training, post activation potentiation, yeah. and it's it, I, I want to be careful because it is like it is proven and it does work, and it is, you know, it it is you know it's something that's been used, you know, since the sixties and seventies, and the days of big you know Werner Gunther and guys like that, you know, popularizing it. You know, it was a big, big shot putter and you know doing yeah. you know, a six or seven guy two hundred you know sixty pounds and. You know, doing a doing a heavy you know heavy core squat into you know into you know pl- you know a hurdle you know plyo work and things like that. It's been around forever and it it, it does work. So you know I'm not, you know I'm not uh, going against it. But there was a stage you know around right about where I did my masters actually where like it was pap like everything was post activation. Yeah. Like everything you did, you had to do like you know you could go speed into strength, strength into speed. You know, and it was like all your training had to be, had to be on that um and as i say like you know you you probably find like you know in terms of potentiation work you know really like nine times out of ten it works you know really well as just as a warm-up like end of your warm-up just do a few jumps yeah. do a few you know something quite quite explosive um do and you think there is contrast. Do yeah there is contrast like at the moment i'm doing you know i'm, I'm doing some you know strength into speed work and know, do bench into ply press up and do, you know, what you know, like
1: yeah.
0: deadlift into, into, into med ball toss, etc. But um, again, like, we we can go all in with something.
1: Yeah. I am, um, yeah, I use a lot of that as well, like, field team sports. Um, but I think, like you said, um, about comparing to a warm-up, like, a lot of the studies on PAP is, like, using PAP as your, walk like the protocol versus no warm-up whatsoever and like just going through the movements and utilizing like a full warm up and adding in some like jumps or adding in some like warm up sets with a barbell. Like I'm not sure then how much of the difference there would be on the studies. I definitely think it's got its place, but again, like I think
0: as a power using
1: lifter, it non-stop be, and just well, as a
0: powerlifter, like when when you're like let's say you're deadlifting, you you build up you know 50%, 60%, 70%. If you're do, if you're doing those movements at maximal velocity, which you know an intent, which you, you should be yeah is that enough pap right like, is that enough potentiation yeah it is isn't
1: it yeah yeah so i think that the stud, there was actually a study done on and it was on um strength training so pap for that and it was like a top set i can't remember the exact top set there's been two or three studies it might have been like a single or double at 90 percent versus not doing it and then the effect that that would have on your volume training after it so it's a protocol that we use a lot in the gym so like a top set get a dosage of higher intensity that's not like to failure so like seven rp or a weight that you could do five reps on you do it for two and then you go into your volume work and then you compared like how much reps you could get i think it's like a couple of reps at like 75 percent. i'm getting the numbers wrong but that's roughly the study um and the, the study that did the pap like they got this ridiculous amount of return um on the amount of reps that they got and you're like shit man this thing is, is golden this is a ridiculous hmm. amount of volume improved and then you delve into the study and like the one group did like one warm-up set and then went to 7-8%. So if you squat 200 and you're 70% is 140, they did like 80 kilograms and then they went in. So it means they haven't practiced squatting, they haven't done any warm-up drills. But this other group have done like two, three warm-up sets. They've done an extra warm-up, like what you class the warm-up set, by doing the PAP at 8%. So just the skill is so much more ingrained. So mm. it doesn't give as much of a ridiculous return as the said. but I think doing like a good for a warm-up probably would like even out the amount of return you get from PAP. And I also think with stuff like that, like it's the lower diminishing returns as well. Like the more times you use fatigue. it, is it going to become less effective every single time? Yeah. yeah fat- fatigue. And then also, well. like if you keep using one drill over and over, like do you keep mm-hmm. getting the same return? Would it be yeah. better to just use PAP like every so often at yeah. certain phases of training?
0: I think contrast training, like in terms of fulfilled field athletes, you do it. You, you know, you're doing it to not. You know, not necessarily for the PAP effect, but to get it in to get it <laughs> to, more to get work. It, yeah. You know, to get the work in, to get the you know to make sure you're hitting. You know both ends of the, the you know force velocity, get, you know to to get yeah. a heavy to get the speed in, um, rather than you know having a dynamic day and a strength day. You know, yeah, more of a field-based west side Classic. approach. If you if yeah.
1: if, you, if you add up the amount of sets that you do from doing the contrasts, yeah, and like you, the amount of work that you get and the productivity through the sessions are going to be so much greater by yeah. using that rather than just doing a heavy day.
0: Something I do when I'm looking at like my my absolute speed stuff, so. Uh, whether that's sprinting or jumping, you know, I, t- I tend to do that on my own at the beginning of a session. You know, after yeah. a bit of a bit of a warm up. So for sprinting, I'll do my sprint drills. Then I'll go into sprints. You know, I, I won't supersettle with anything. You know, the very, very high uh, velocity uh, based movements. And then when I'm doing my, right, I've my, seen
1: you. I've seen you run It's so Very I've high velocity,
0: velocity. Very high velocity. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going a bit less each uh, each year, mate. But, uh, and it, and when I'm doing when I'm doing my contrast, you know, if I am doing a, a deadlift, I maybe go into swings or I'll go into a speed strength.
1: Yeah.
0: As a, as opposed to an absolute speed because I'm, you know, I'm concerned is it, you know, is it okay, we can get a pap effect, but there's also fatigue to co- take into consideration. Is it actually you know quicker yeah. than it would be fresh? You know. But uh, that might be a whole other podcast, mate. We can get we can go into yeah. that stuff. Uh any anything else there that's
1: I think the last one that I was going to talk about was um, like full range scapular movements. Because when we started and like, I remember like the legendary video of Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a seated role. And it's maybe still a little bit too far. Like he's really excessively like flexing his back and then he's leaning back. And he's like, fucking hell man, what's Arnold doing? Like He's one of the best body, well, he's the best bodybuilder of all time. And he's doing a role completely wrong. And then we'd be sat there on the side, like shoulders down and back, high chest doing this movement now and i think things have trended now well not trended, but like right through this are like come to like full like protraction retraction scapular movements and utilizing them rather than telling people to go shoulders down and back and i think context is key again here because you'll get a lot of people looking in in this shit posture here we're encouraging them to be there i'm not sure if that's the right idea but like for a lot of people that are healthy and have got good posture and good awareness like taking the scap a full range of motion including like row movements, but also pressing. So like press-ups with a protraction and retraction of the scap, like that could be a good thing. Well, I think definitely at the start, we were very much fans of keep your shoulders down and back, squeeze and hold at the top, don't let your shoulders come forward. And we were massive components of that. And that started to trend now to go into the full range. Yeah.
0: Maybe we weren't, just, we weren't just fans of that. If we, didn't, if we saw someone not doing it, we'd be running over. And yeah. yaw, Maybe
1: the bros were mad. right and we were wrong.
0: Yeah. maybe maybe i'll tell you the the lesson to be learned from all this is like you know it's ever it's ever evolving isn't it i think like it's um i mean yeah on the on the one hand there's nothing new under the sun like you know uh, like say yeah pap came back into fashion and now it's not so popular and um say mobility's been and gone and come back and it's you know we're, we're trying to utilize it a bit better you know all these you mm-hmm. know machines are same. Olympic, Olympic lifting is massively unpopular now, you know, for anyone other than Olympic lifters. Whereas five years ago, if you're a rugby player and you weren't doing Olympic lifting, you'd get shot. You know, you, you'd have to be yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah. it, like, it comes down to, like, calming down context and looking to develop these things. So I guess, like, what, what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, there's, there's nothing... There's nothing new that's coming in. There's no new like concepts. You know, every, everything there we've mentioned has always been around. Um, you know, we do go, do go through trends. You know, we do go through trends and things like that. But I think, you know, we are like we are as an industry just slowly getting better at implementing these these things in the in a in a better way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. So I think like in terms of you know and this this is for coaches and for clients who have pt or go to coaching based gyms i think just make sure that your coaches or you as a coach you are reading you are upskilling you are staying
1: yeah.
0: uh, relevant and current um, yeah i'll i'll be honest myself you know in a, you know for a couple of years during you know setting setting up the business all all my reading went into into business books and right rightly so and I had to you know had to 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 keep us going keep us alive and I had to improve improve those skills and I I still do I still read a lot of business books but you know I started to realize crikey you know I need to brush up you know again you know on on, on my S&C and you know just didn't feel quite as sharp as as I used to so it's been good to get that back but like you you know it is ever evolving and you know even me and you and you know the guys who've got msc you know i'd very confidently say you know i think we'd be in the top you know top few percent coaches around you know um which might sound arrogant but that's you know that's that's what i what i truly believe um and even we you know would look back at things we did five years ago you know and some of it you know we would cringe a little bit at and think oh crikey you know we went a bit overboard here and we didn't quite do this or that and what would we think in sort of thing um yeah. so i think it's really important to in this industry as the more science that comes out more research you know just staying current and upskilling I so think un-
1: unfortunately if you do a masters in 10 years time if you read nothing else it could be so outdated
0: 100%. Um,
1: that, you know, it, it would also mean nothing in in five, six years. Like you, you do need to keep upskilling. You need to keep up. You need to keep relevant. And it's like if someone if someone references something that's like 10 years old, you can't use it in like academic circles. If it's like you, you have to stay as relevant as you can because the research just changes so much and things evolve. And you need you need to keep up to date. And I think it's a I think it shows confidence as well to allow yourself just to evolve and rather than being stuck in your ways like you'll see like it's always like the old guy at the gym so like, oh in in my day we, and it's just like dude, like I, I don't want to become that old man like i want to as long as i can like keep upskilling keep relevant keep up to date and avoid being the person that says back in my day this is day we did it so you're doing it wrong you want to stay as relevant as we can but i also think like on the flips of there, like these little trends that come out like it happens with like exercises as well like we bought a belt squat a year ago because everyone loved the belt squat and the belt squat's a fantastic bit of kit. Um, is it as popular as it was a year ago? No. Is it a good bit of kit? Yes. There's nothing wrong with giving people a belt squat because they see like, all these guys loving a belt squat. And then they say, like if a high-end guy says, oh, I've used a belt squat and I've noticed that my sprint has improved by this or my squat has improved by this. And if they get like, brought into the fact that the belt squat's going to improve their lifting or they're going to improve their field performance, and just giving them that exercise and giving them that belief that this is what's going to drive that it is not a bad thing. Like yeah. you, you, want to avoid going all in on it. But if someone comes in and says, "Oh, we saw that like, this belt squat was oh, fantastic. Like it improved this guy's squat by 20 kilo." So, yeah let's give you belt squat and like we know that i'm not, not going all in on it but like giving someone a couple of sets of belt squat and then wow this is amazing i feel fantastic and then giving them that confidence and giving them that, that belief that that's what's going to drive their performance it's yeah. not a bad thing and people believing what they're doing <laughs> is massive so i think so, sometimes these trends can be a good thing
0: in, in conclusion we're probably saying like in regards to these changes and trends we're probably saying like Again, as always, it comes down to context and balance. So we're, you know, we're probably saying, right, you know, stay relevant, read, research, implement, change the way you're doing things, stay current. But we're also saying, well, hang on a minute, because the belt squat's not as popular as a year ago. It's still a bloody good bit of kit.
1: You know, you've got got your core beliefs, and you allow them to evolve with everything else that you learn, but you've still got your core fundamental beliefs of what you believe in, and. It's it's a thing again, like we've talked about, it's it's a good thing to be able to evolve with time, but also it's a good thing to remember your fundamentals and not to see the latest yeah. fan and go, Oh, that that's it. I'm swatching all my beliefs, I'm now yeah. belt's got go. Don't 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 and believe just don't believe
0: everything you read as well, I think. Is a, is a key, yeah. is it? Like you say, you know, use your experiences with things that you like and you know work and that have been around yes. since since the dawn of time.
1: Um, the experienced guy will have his his way of training, and he will always stick to that. But he's not scared to add in to, the, tr- the the, the up to date stuff. Yeah,
0: agreed. Agreed. To summarize, to so, summarize, I think that's that might be a good good place to to leave that that subject and. Um and, and move on or round up maybe. Um
1: I think I think round up because it is we, getting on. We've
0: we've 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 gone we've <laughs> gone on a bit there, haven't we? We'll save the other. We thought this was gonna be a
1: thirty minute podcast. We've been on an hour and fifteen, I think.
0: Well we weren't we weren't that well prepared, <laughs> were we, mate? It was a bit of a bit of a blackest one. But hopefully you've uh hopefully you've all enjoyed it, guys. Um so uh yeah. Hopefully we will be reopened soon. Um as soon as we know, you will know. And um We'll try and get into a habit of doing these podcasts a bit more regularly. If you've got any feedback, then uh, please feel free to drop it below on, a, on our YouTube page or on our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, it's funny, this is something that's changed, me. I didn't even know what Facebook was five years ago, let alone... I'm not even sure Instagram existed, but... Well, it probably did, but we didn't have a Facebook that's page, where you, did
1: we? That's why you hired 25-year-olds to, to do all this technological stuff for you, like the internet.
0: The internet. Fuck. Crazy world. All right, mate. Thanks for
1: joining. Nice one. To thanks, thanks for tuning in, guys. Cheers. Thanks everyone.